Sawate to Skibli, and welcome again to another episode of Latin and Layman's. My voice sound, may sound a little bit weird because uh, this past week, all these creatures of the abyss that I'm surrounded by got me sickly, and I'm still on the bit of a tail end of that illness. It's mainly sinus-related at this point, and, uh, you know, and I'm just kind of getting over it, but uh, it could be the fact that I just did, like, 10 neti pots in a row while I was taking a shower, so... I could just be, because you know, if you if you guys have ever done a neti pot, sometimes you you know how uh, you'll get some of that saline solution stuck up on those sinuses, and then when you move your head as you go throughout the day, it'll kind of just kind of drip on out. If you guys have never seen, remember sinus comes from the Greek sine sinus, um, and Latin as well, which means to fold and or bend. That's where we get the sine wave. Um, if you've ever looked at a picture of your sinuses. Um, they are folded all and bent all in uh, like all amidst your your face. You've got your ethmoid and your 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 uh, what else? You got your ethmoid sign. Well, I don't know why that one just popped in my head. But anyways, you got uh, your sinuses are a vast thing. And uh, if you didn't know, you should definitely give it a look see because I always love understanding my my body more than I already do. And you know what, looking at pictures and understanding what's skin deep or beneath the skin rather uh, is always a good thing to know because uh, it's your body. You might as well know more about your body because uh, it's yours and uh, it's this vessel that carries you throughout your life. Anyways, random tangent there for a hot second. You guys know me. Um, it is uh, January 28th, uh, 2023. Shouting out the, the date. I'm trying to keep more uh, up to date with that and just uh, recording such. Anyways, I hope everybody's having a good start to their weekend. Without further ado, I'm going to take a bunch of words and we're just going to riff off like you know me. I'm going to take a word. I'm going to talk about both its etymological definition as well as its definition according to Almighty Google. And then we will, what I'm going to do is actually, I'm going to take, like, for instance, my first word I'm going to take here is lemma, coming from um, the Greek, which means a proposition in, well, let's get on into it. What is lemma? Lemma is, um, well, if you didn't know, it's a heading that indicates the topic of a particular section, subsection, or paragraph of a text. <clears throat> so etymologically from the Greek word lemma, it means a proposition. Pro means before Position means place, place before, essentially, what is being propositioned. Now, what we're going to be doing here is we're going to be riffing off of lemma and uh, including words that both include lemma as well as aspects of um, the meaning behind it, right? We're going to look at some derivatives. I just want to talk about words and stuff like that because I hear these words in my everyday life and then I write them down because I feel like you know what? I, I actually don't know the derivation of such. I don't know the etymology of it. And I, you know what? Then I seek to understand it because I want to know more. The word that I had heard was dilemma. Di meaning, uh, well, twice in Greek. And then lemma meaning proposition or sometimes a, a premise away, in a way. So essentially, according to all my mighty Google to rip it back on over, it, a, a dilemma is a situation in which a difficult choice has to be made between two or more alternatives, especially one that, uh, that are equally undesirable. That's what a dilemma really refers to. And uh, it really literally refers to two premises. So 
You either have one that you got to choose or the other. Next one that we're going to get into here is quandary. Quandary is a state of perplexity or uncertainty over what to do in a difficult situation, essentially. I, I, I would say that that's what it really means. Um, I don't have the definition according to almighty Google, but Google probably agree with me in that respect. Etymologically, though, it comes from the old French quantaire, which means to calculate and or consider, which actually originated from the Latin, you know me, I gotta, I gotta highlight my OG homie G, uh, quarere, which means to seek and or ask. A quandary just refers to a seeking and or asking or understanding of a perplexed situation, essentially. Next one that we have, dichotomy. Die, again, remember, meaning twice and or two. And kotomia, kotomia refers to a cutting of. Um, it come, It's where we get the derivation of the suffix otomy. This is where we get things like lobotomy or um, vasectomy is actually the cutting out of. Otomy is the cutting into. Um, so ectomy is different than otomy. But if you can think about any more otomies, I, I don't know why I'm only thinking of lobotomy right now. What a awful thing. Um, but uh, yeah, what is dichotomy? Di meaning two, otomy means a cutting into. It's a division of something uh, into two parts, essentially, right? It's just a cutting or a division of something into two parts, especially when these are seen as opposites. So if you didn't know, now you know, etymologically versus almighty Google, I would say that they are very similar and or the same. Last one that we're going to riff off of lemma is going to be paradox. Para, para means alongside, and then dox refers to um, dogma. Uh, dox refers to um, the, oh, I forget essentially. I'm going to have to, I, I got to I gotta type this one in, you guys. I'm sorry. Dox um, meaning, all right, etymology. It usually refers to an opinion. But uh, let's go ahead. Yeah, I apologize. I had to look that one up real quickly. But yeah, it refers to the opinion. So, um, so that's where, why, where we get orthodox. Ortho meaning straight or right. Dox meaning opinion. So what does orthodox mean? It means the right opinion, the right stance, which is untrue because I wouldn't say that orthodox really refers to that. But you see how they kind of manipulated language to highlight that theirs is the right way versus paradox alongside the opinion of. Um, according to Almighty Google, I would say it's a statement or a proposition that despite sound reasoning from applicable, uh, applicable or acceptable premises leads to a conclusion that seems senseless or logically unacceptable or self-contradictory. That's really what it means. It's like a contradictory statement that's true. That's what paradox means. Next one that we're going to get into, riffing off our word lexicon. Lexicon is a noun. It refers to a dictionary or an encyclopedia of words or terms in a particular field of knowledge. The etymological derivation coming from the Greek word lexicon from lex legis in Latin. Lex meaning um, word. So a lexicon just means well, con with, remember, cum, together and or with, lex meaning word. I've actually never seen cum at the very end as a suffix, so I could be mistaken in that respect. But if I were to just etymological, etymolo 
etymologize Lexi plus con, it would be with the words essentially. And that's what it means, a dictionary um, or encyclopedia of words or terms in a particular field. This is where we get the word lexical. Again, lex legis meaning word. Um, it comes from legere as well, the, the, the action. So lex is the noun, legere is the verb, which means to say and or read. Lexical refers to relating to the words or vo vocabulary of a language. Lexographer, lex meaning words and or uh, to read and or say, depending on if it's a noun or the verb. And then grapher comes from writing. Remember graphos or graph, graphe in Greek referring to writing. A lexographer is a person who compiles dictionaries, a, a, one who writes the words. Lexology, the study of words, essentially. And according to Almighty Google, it's the study of the structure of the history of words. I would say that whether it's definition Almighty Google or uh, etymologized by your boy here, they both really mean the same thing. Lexeme refers to, this is our next one, L-E-X-E-M-E, a unit of language which has a distinct meaning. If you've never heard this word, it's actually a very rare word. We don't really use it all that often, but it comes from the Latin lexema, uh, coming from lex legis, word. It's a unit of language which has a distinct meaning have, uh, pertaining to that of which uh, pertain to words. And that's going to be the last one that we're going to get into according to uh, or riffing off of lexicon. Um, makes me think of the Rubicon, you know, the crossing of the Rubicon. If you've ever heard of that term, the crossing of the Rubicon is when Caesar basically, it, well, it's a term now that we use basically saying, you know, it's a point of no return. And that's when Caesar basically, when he, um, when he had crossed the Rubicon coming back from his conquest in Gaul, he basically, by crossing the Rubicon, he was enacting civil war on the state in Rome because he was coming back. He was, he was chasing down Pompey. Pompey was getting away from him because he was running towards Brundisium because he wanted to catch um, his boats, pop on over to Greece, compile his troops uh, with all the, the, um, the allies that he had made through his uh, conquests, through his own um, uh, war endeavors but uh pompey's a little piece of poopy butthole and uh as well as julius caesar i mean like he's just like the reason why we remember him so much is because he he was great he was uh, an amazing figure in roman history but and his ambition was unrivaled like from a very young age that that dude was like i'm gonna be the consul he was the consul then crassus and pompey threw him out that's why he ended up going up into gaul to basically prove that his worth or prove his worth essentially because nobody had crossed into that area and that's when caesar wrote his debella gallico basically a first source account of all of his conquests through gaul and what he had seen and observing of the uh the nature of the people that he had uh, conquested over. Um, yeah, so, and, and then, so when he's coming back, you know, Pompey, Crassus are like, uh-oh. Pompey especially is like, all right, well, you know what? Caesar's coming after me, man. He's scared. Pompey's like, all right, I'm out of here. He dips out of Rome. Crassus is like, well, you know what? I want, I want to, I want to go conquer um, some, uh, well, actually, this is, Crassus isn't even a part of this because this is when he ends up getting 
uh, gold poured down his throat by the, by the uh, is either the Persians or the Parthians um, over in the east uh, because he wanted to basically, because Crassus, Crassus in Greek means fat, uh, or, or I mean in Latin it means fat. Um, Crassus was one of the most wealthy individuals in Rome during this time. He just didn't have the, the military clout. So he wanted to go get that military clout like Pompey and uh, Julius Caesar had already. So he went over to Parthia, tried to do that, failed miserably, and was led to the demise of having molten gold poured down his throat um, as an ironic statement saying, you know what, here's the wealth and you're going to die with the wealth that you so wanted. So, uh, so yeah, and then Pompey's just like, all right, I'm out of here. So then Caesar's trying to play a little catch-up game where he crosses the Rubicon. He's chasing, and, you know, Pompey has a little bit of a head start. If he's leaving Rome and he's heading south towards Brindisium, um, you know, the Rubicon is quite a bit further north uh, from Rome than, uh, you know. So he's a, he, he's got a play a little bit of a catch-up so then there's this like fugitive thing and all that good stuff and i'm not going to riff on other than that but if you guys like history i can definitely talk about history at some other time because that leads to an amazing sequence of events it almost caesar almost ends up catching it but he gets to the shores of brindisium and he sees pompey and all of his source or forces crossing that strait um I forget that straight. It's not, um, uh, I think it's the Adriatic. Ugh, I'm not good at geography, but it's some, you know, that, that, you know, how Italy jets out into that peninsula. Well, Brundisium is on the, 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 the Eastern end. Um, so it's very close to Greece because as you can see, the, the far Eastern portion of Italy is, um, is, basically right across the pond from Greece. So, so yeah, I'm going to shut up now and I'm going to get into our last little bit of words here, riffing off of morph. This is where we get morphology. Um, morphology is a noun. It's a study of forms of words, including inflections, derivations, and the formation of compounds. Etymologically, it comes from the Greek morphe, meaning shape and or form. So it's the study of shape and or form of the meaning of words. Metamorphosis. Metamorphosis is a transformation as by magic or sorcery, usually, you know, meta meaning beyond, but th in this case, it also means change and then morphe meaning form. Metamorphoses, oses, the condition of the, the changing of the form. And that's what metamorphosis uh, means. Transformation. Trans means across. Forma in Latin means form and or shape. And Asian means the action of. So transformation is almost the same thing as metamorphosis. Just metamorphosis has um, more of a Greek um, influence on it. And uh, transformation has quite a bit more Latin influence in it. Morphine. Morphine, a uh, that's a narcotic drug obtained by uh, opium comes from the Greek morphe, which means to form. It's probably, I guess, a reference to the form of the opium poppy, essentially. I'm not sure, but that's what I would assume. Um, or it maybe changes your form and shape of the world around you because you get all loopy-doopy. I don't know. Morphine is pretty strong. I don't know what it's like, uh, and I never will. Um, 
In fact, I'm those kind of people that, I, and I'm lucky to be that kind of person where uh, opiates in general just make me feel sick. They make me feel so sick. I remember when I got my wisdom teeth pulled and I tried hydrocodone for the first time, I just felt nauseous and gross and I felt like throwing up and and uh, never again. And uh, and I'm glad for that experience because, you know, now we have uh, an opium epidemic, but also let's let's... Let's think about how I think, and this is going to be a problematic statement. I know that I, but I think it's true. I think that we're, we're going to be, we're going to be in more of, instead of an opioid epidemic in the later years, it's going to be an Adderall epidemic. It's going to be a Vyvanse epidemic. It's just going to be an ADHD drug epidemic. I'm just seeing so many kids now that are meted up at the ages of, you know, I mean, I'm seeing upper elementary kids when I was back at my other school. Um, that clearly did not need it. But, you know, the thing is, is that, and uh, I'm speaking to parents right now, and parents might get mad, but parents need to understand that, well, you know what? I care for my students. I care so deeply for them. And I can't say the parents care so much about their children. Now, I'm not generalizing here, but there are some parents here it's like the blind leading the blind here and you know what i'm i'm not a father or anything like that i know that i've been given the um, the amazing tools in my life as well as as well as teaching um my especially middle school middle school has just it has opened me up into this humble vulnerable um soft hard throwing down the gauntlet given the spiel kind of dude but at the end of the day like I care for my students so much. I really do. I show up for them. I love them deeply. And they know that I, you know, I'm, I'm actually, I'm going to shout out my boy, Avid, and he just recently reached out to me, um, on TikTok, he, on one of my, my TikTok videos. And, um, he let me know how time to time and time again, he listens to my podcast and, you know, I'm thinking about you, man. I remember how we had so, so many awesome classes in that first period back at RMCA where, um, you know, we just had story time. We talked about history. We talked about Latin and you guys were so eager and it's so awesome. And you know what you can even like, I'm, I'm getting jazzed just even talking about it because at the end of the day, when I'm having students reach back out to me, that's all I like that gives me such purpose when I, I get these notes and, you know, when I left Vanguard and I had only been there for about a year or I mean a month and just, seeing the impact that I had had on these kids and I'm not trying to fluff myself up. So don't think that please be, I just, I had had no idea that I had made this impression on them because at the end of the day, I remember when I was leaving that school, I was, it was really hard because there was a lot of crying that I didn't think that was going to happen. There was a lot of presence that they give me that, um, that they weren't supposed to like uh, Vanguard is very, very against that. They don't like, teachers being given gifts and stuff like that they don't like that and uh and i was shrouded with like all this stuff and notes and and i'd only known these kids for a, a month but for some reason you know if you show the kids that you care they see that and they they also see through the bs of when you don't care when you just show up for the paycheck or when you, when you show up and you don't do your you you, you half-ass it all right I'm, I'm, there we go First cuss word that I've brought into the to the Latin and layman's realm. ASS. Apologies. 
you know what? Don't at me. I'll I'll call this one explicit maybe because I can actually do that on Spotify here when uh, I upload these videos. But it's just like what these kids tell me about their home lives and and such. It just it makes me man. I have no idea how I got into this rant, but it just makes me realize how they really aren't seen. They aren't they aren't heard, and that's that's how I felt as a kid. I was unseen. I was unheard, um, even by the people that I loved so much um, and cared for. And um, and it wasn't their fault. I'm sure they just were doing their best as well. We're all doing our best in this world. And if we're not doing our best, then that's on us. And we know when we're not doing our best. We're not. We're we're not showing up. When we're not showing up for ourselves and for the other people around us as well. The people that we love and care about. But man, it's just when I have my students reach out to me and then another one reached out to me on Instagram and just being like, you know, Mr. Connerly, you know, high school has been really hard. And, you know, they and because like I had these conversations with them when they were in eighth grade and when I had them in students and I was like, yeah, you know, high school is hard. I was bullied relentlessly. I was bullied by the people that I that I thought were my friends that were they called me their friends. And then then I all of a sudden I had figured out that they had backstabbed me and that they, those were the ones that were bullying me and making fake Facebook profiles of me and talking to other people and making me look like a creep, you know? Yeah. I was, I was severely cyber, cyberly bullied as a kid when I came into high school. Um, it really, you know, I, I've gone through my life, um, unseen for so long to where like, I know what it's like. And now I've got, I'm being given this position where I'm I've I've got this full circle where I'm looking at my students and all I want them to know is that they're seen. And that's what I tell them is that they they're seen, that I respect them, that I re, I back, specto spectare, I look at, I look back at them because that's what respect means. It's just acknowledging them. It's saying, yo, I see you. I hope you see me too. And that's what it is at the end of the day. But we're not, there's so much anger in this world. I had a really amazing conversation with my grandmother yesterday for a long, long time. And I love her so much. I love her so much. Separated by quite a bit of generations and we have different views and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, you know, it's about meeting each other and understanding each other. It's not trying to seek to be understood because... When you do that, you just shoving piece of poops down other people's throats that don't want to hear that kind of stuff. How many times have you really wanted to do something when somebody tells you to do it in a very not fun way? It makes me think of like all these people up in arms in in Colorado right now because, um, you know, the, there are no more plastic bags in grocery stores or anything like that. I'm used to this. I've been in Washington. I've been in Oregon before. I've been in Santa Fe as well. All these, uh, they'll charge 10 cents the bag or whatever. But everybody here is just up in arms. And when I talk to people about it, I'm like, you, you all are acting silly. And then you're being rude to these people that have zero control over it. It's like, why would you get mad at a clerk member for something that they just have to kind of implement, all right? And it's because, oh, it's because uh, they, uh, the government's telling me what to do. And I don't want to be told what to do. You know what? We still have that inherent little childlike quality. At least some of us do. I don't. I don't care. It means that I'm not wasting bags. In fact, I still, I just use my 
reusable bags because I have a bunch of them. I use them for laundry. I use them to go grocery shopping. I use them to carry tools. I don't know. Crap. It's not that big of a deal at the end of the day. We are allowing ourselves in this world to get so angry and so fixated on things that are so inconsequential. And it's driving such a rift between us more and more and more and more and more. We're telling each other these lies that uh, inherently become truth after a while. And that's what further drives us apart. That's why we get this far left. We get this far right. We get this anger, this divisiveness. We get these shootings upon shootings. I mean, there, there were three shootings this past week. And then there was this awful video. I can't watch it because I, I heard it over a po- uh, the, the NBC uh, late night news with Lester Holt, my, my homie G. That's literally the only news I watch is I listen to a recap at the end of the day, just listening to what, you know, really happened. And then I'll sometimes open up my day, uh, listen to some NPR, but I really try to not get super bogged down in that kind of stuff. I just want to stay up to date. And um, it's just, I, I was listening to it and it, it was this um, police brutality um, as of recent um, of these, I think, five officers just beating this black guy relentlessly. And then he starts calling out to his mom. And you hear him calling out to his mom as he's getting bludgeoned to death. How archaic, how barbaric does that sound? That sounds absolutely like I'm thinking about it and I have goosebumps already because I was hearing it and I was, you can hear the thuds and it's just, God, I don't know. Here we are talking about words and morphology and metamorphoses and, and dilemmas and dilemma also is where we get sarcolemma as well. But uh, all right, shut up, Liam. But like, I don't know. I think that there's a lot of things that in this world that, you know, this is why we ask ourselves, what, what is the meaning of this life? Why do we go through this life suffering? Is it to be reunited with the people that we love at the end of the, the day in this afterlife, in the field of reeds and heaven and divine reality and moksha, whatever you want to call it? I don't know. Maybe. Absolutely. For some of you, absolutely. And I don't, I don't, I don't. And I'm not docking that whatsoever. I just don't know. I'm agnostic in, in my views. I do believe in God, but when I th- think of God and when I talk to God, God is this, this, it's a presence. It's not a person. God is love. God is humanity. But the problem is, is that I feel like I'm talking to God in this world and I'm not seeing God anywhere. And I'm sick of you guys uh, so religiously hell bent on the fact that it's, oh, it's, 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 it's because God gave us free will and blah, blah, and this and that. And I'm like, shut shut up. All right. That, that, that's not addressing the question of why there's badness in this world. That's not free will. Okay. You're, you're missing the point here because at the end of the day, we're talking about humanity and humanity is supposed to be inherently good, but we're losing that goodness. And, and look at that. Oh, that's so awesome. Uh, my my grandmother just texted me. She sent me a picture of a of me and my cousin and my my 
my grandfather at the beach. Oh, that's sweet. But, but yeah, I don't know. I lost my train of thought with that one, but that's okay. I just, I don't know. I find this world to be up in arms. And like I said, I like to think that I'm agnostic because the etymological definition of agnostic is a very humbling thing in my opinion. A meaning without gnostic coming from nostian in Greek, which means to know. So you're just without knowing. And that's a humble thing because I just don't know. And I try to know. I try to figure it out. I try to move forward. And that's the beautiful thing is that I know that I'm moving forward. I know that I'm progressing in this life. Some of us do. Some of us don't. Some of us are content. That's whatever. But when talking to my brother about this, the beautiful thing about he and I, we've suffered. We've dealt with so much in our lives. But at the end of the day, we still strive for more and to keep on going because at the end of the day, Moving forward doesn't mean moving forward sometimes. It means sometimes moving laterally. And maybe moving laterally also means that I got to pass a lateral on over. And that means that I actually am not really even moving forward. I might even be moving backwards to move forwards a little bit. You know, think about a rugby pass. I don't know. But I'm looking at the time here and it's 29 minutes and the recording stops at 30. So I might as well just wrap it up here. I appreciate you guys for all of your inquisitive nature and knowledge and wanting to learn more and to listening to me riff and riff and riff and ramble bamble on all this stuff because at the end of the day, if you're here to this point, I really appreciate you. I really do. Thank you guys. You guys are what keep me going. When I get messages from you guys, when I get questions from y'all, hit me up on Spotify, Latin and Layman's, The Rhetoric Revolution, um, email me at liamconnerly at gmail.com. I got to go, you guys. Tempo Sest. Discovery.